In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text is our Gospel account according to St. Mark. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. We are accustomed to opposition. We have friendly opposition in sports and even ongoing rivalries of such opposition. We have a political process with two parties often locked in opposition in a struggle of the wills. We have opposition in our families with children struggling against parents, siblings against one another, and even husband and wife at odds. We live out opposition as we compete with our neighbors or or other businesses in the markets. We understand opposition because it is the reality of the world in which we live. So it doesn't surprise us that Jesus faces opposition here either. No sooner had Jesus been baptized then opposition arose in the temptation of Satan. This opposition continues as Jesus goes around calling people to repent and teaches about his kingdom. Such opposition to the teaching and kingdom of God is front and center in our reading today. Jesus enters into Capernaum and into the synagogue there and begins to teach. His teaching surprises all because of the authority it carries. But Not only does he teach differently than the scribes, he confronts an unclean spirit, muzzles it, and casts it out. His authority in both matters amazes the people, and they begin to spread word about Jesus. The question on everyone's mind is, what does this mean? The question, what is this, could just as easily be, who is this? The people, amazed at his authority, are amazed at the extent of his authority. What does it mean that this man teaches in a different way? And that he can command unclean spirits? What kind of power does Jesus have? Our text from Deuteronomy lays out what is at stake. Either Jesus is a prophet like Moses, sent from God, or he is a liar who is pretending to have God's authority. It becomes incumbent upon all of Israel to sort out who Jesus is and to either join with him and listen to him or oppose him. He is either from God or he is evil and opposing God and God's word. This is a spiritual battle, for it is a spiritual battle. And this battle comes to the forefront in our text today as God faces off against an unclean spirit. The spirit having possessed a man, cries out against Jesus. He literally says, What is for us and for you, Jesus of Nazareth? This expression is one used to reference one's territory or one's sphere of influence. What belongs to me? What belongs to you? The phrase is used to ask, ultimately, What do we have in common? This belongs to you. That belongs to me. And so the applied answer is nothing. There's nothing we have in common. So leave my matters alone. Leave my things alone. 
In other words, the demon is saying to Jesus, you have no business being here, Jesus. This is my territory and area, so leave. But Jesus isn't about to leave. He has come to destroy the works of the devil. He has come to in opposition to the devil. The devil and his demons have plunged the world into sin. They have enticed man to follow them and depart from the holy God. They have led mankind into the uncleanliness of sin. This uncleanness is where man now lives. And as long as man lives in the state of uncleanness, he faces destruction by Christ, for he is an enemy of God. Whether the demon is reflecting his own fears or trying to incite the people against Jesus, it is the Pharisees, Herodians, chief priests, and the scribes who take up the discussion about destroying Jesus. Jesus himself does not mention destroying his opposition until a few days before he is crucified when he tells a parable about how the vineyard owner will destroy those tenants who do not render its fruits. For Jesus has not come to destroy mankind. He has not come to harm people. That is what the demons wish to do. In fact, in Mark 9, Jesus meets a demon-possessed boy who has often been thrown into the fire and water. The demon inside him was trying to destroy the boy. Jesus wants to set people free. He wants to cleanse mankind of this evil. He wants to deliver us from the captivity of the demonic. <coughs> he has the authority to do so. And he will do it. He does so here. He speaks in this man who was captive to the filth of sin, who was trapped in the defilement of evil, is set free. He's made clean. He's cleansed. The Holy God has sent his Holy Son in the Holy Spirit to cast out all evil and to cleanse people and make them pure and ready for their Lord and God. Jesus has come to baptize people, not only with water, but with his authoritative word that cleanses and makes people holy once again. Such cleansing is what we need for our sin sticks to us. Our gossip and lusts defile us. Our hatred and lies taint our vision and minds. Our hearts spew filth out into our minds, mouths, and hands. We live the filth that has become attached to us. We even view God with suspicion at times, either certain he is just as corrupted as we are, are certain he will destroy us for our unclean lives. We know we deserve to be wiped out. We know our unclean hearts and minds cannot remain. They cannot enter into his kingdom. Our filth is so bad that we cannot clean the stains. We cannot purify ourselves any more than the demon-possessed man could cast the demon out himself. We cannot get rid of sin. It is attached to us too closely. We are certain that Christ's cleansing floodwaters will cleanse the world by wiping us out too. We know we deserve it. 
but God is gracious. Jesus alone has the power and authority to cleanse you and me of all evil. He can do it. He can cast it out with his word. His word is powerful. His authority is undeniable. And he isn't here to destroy you or me. He did come to destroy the works of darkness. To cleanse the world of the unclean spirits. He came to destroy our sinful flesh. And he did so on the cross. He enacted the only certain cleaning method. He bore all that was unclean in his flesh. He carried it all. He took the unclean with himself and laid down his life. He had his life destroyed on the cross so that our lives would be saved. And so you are saved. You have been made clean. Your life has been renewed and cleansed. You have been made holy and pure. Christ's blood shed on the cross brought cleansing from all that was unclean. Your life has been purified and you have been transformed into God's holy people. In baptism, you were washed clean. At the Lord's Supper, your life was restored and his cleansing of you renewed. All that you have done in sin and evil has been washed away. You are holy and pure. You are his people, made to live in holiness and righteousness. And not only has Christ cleansed you, he has sent his Holy Spirit to guard you from all evil and to keep you in him. Abide with him all your days as the holy and blessed child you are, for Christ has freed you to live in holiness and his purity forever. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>